Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you so much for being with me today. I hope your day is going well, and I hope by listening to this show and spending some time with me that your day is going to go even better. So we've been talking about that kind of odd, strange, weird issue, overlooked issue of twilight and what twilight really means and how how much our, our culture really completely ignores twilight, overlooks it, and doesn't use it the way that God intended for it to be used. So before we go into the change issue and what change really means, and that twilight is kind of preparing us for change or helping us to end whatever change we made, end it well. So remember that spiritual twilight, this is, this is a nebulous time, and, and we don't want to ignore it. We don't want to excuse it. We have natural twilight, and that means that a new day is dawning. And I want you to have courage to face your new day, and I want you to end your day well. So I want you to think about twilight. It's either a time of rest, because it's kind of obscure, a time of repose. It's reflection. It's reordering your world. It's being able to end one thing, start a new thing. So what is God saying to you? Are you saying no to him? What is he asking you to do? What is he asking you to ponder? How is he asking you to order your life? So I want you to ask yourself what twilight you're in. Is it a spiritual twilight that you know something is ending and you maybe don't want it to end? Something's beginning and you're afraid to begin it. You're afraid to take it on. You're afraid to hear God's voice telling you what he's wanting you to do. Maybe a change with your family. Maybe needing to really let that new season begin with your family. Maybe the ending of a relationship or a job. How do you end that well? And trust God for the new day that's coming. So twilight, you know, I want you to see it differently. It's a way that you order your world. It, it honors God's timing. And it's helping you to return to a natural rhythm. See, we all kind of can be control freaks about time. And, and I tell you frequently my many visits to Uganda. And they just don't fight time at all. They are so present in the moment that I, the first time I went, it was quite an experience because they told me that the church service I was speaking at would start at 7.30, and so they were going to pick me up. So I was ready in the hotel lobby at sitting out there at 7. They never showed up till 10.30 that night. I really thought the church service was over and they didn't want me to speak. I came to find that, oh, it's an all-nighter. And so you're probably not speaking until 2 a.m. Nobody told me. They just are doing their day, their evening, the way it leads. So I'm not saying that we try to do Ugandan time. 
But maybe we don't fight time so much and try to control it so much. So twilight is crucial. Don't miss it. Don't blow through it. It causes us to slow down, causes us to ramp up. So think about that as we consider this whole idea of change, how we do change. So I'm going to give you a definition of change. It's to transform, convert. It's an exchange for something else. It's giving and taking reciprocally. That's, that's when we use money or time. And you also want to think it's, it's a transferring of something. Change is really that evolutionary process that we have a tendency to want to skip the middle part. We're, we're preparing for the change, we're okay with the change, or we're resisting the change. But once we get on board and we know the change is occurring, we have a tendency to want to jump to the end so that we get through it and it's all over and done with. Instead of using time to allow us to really be a part of the change, instead of always looking at our, at our lives retrospectively. And Americans have a tendency to do that. They have a tendency to, to really always be focusing on the future, lamenting or really honoring the past, and they miss the present moment. So I said to you yesterday this idea that nothing is permanent except change. The only constant is change. Nothing endures but change. The only thing you really can depend on is change. And truly the most, the unhappiest generation is the group of people that are most afraid and resistant to change. They're afraid to evolve from fashions, lifestyles, music, expression of earlier years and and I can absolutely be honest with you and say and I've said this many times that my undergraduate degrees in fashion and that I was in college and got my first job as an assistant buyer for Robinson's May I had 21 stores in California all the way down from Santa Barbara to San Diego and it was the 80s and I got to tell you the 80s rock there is no fashion <laughs> that can beat the 80s. Now, we all make fun of the 80s because it was so big. But I'm telling you, if you were in it, it was really fun. It was a very fun time. And, and that doesn't mean that I haven't come to enjoy many of the new things that we have and the new fashions that we have. But this is one of the things about change. We can either fight it or we can go through the grief and loss process and enter into a new day and enjoy the sunrise of a new day and what that day has to offer us. So we talked a little bit yesterday about what has changed in your life. What changes are coming? What ones are you initiating? Because change is inevitable. And unfortunately, we many times work harder at resisting and fighting it rather than growing through it and becoming stronger people. We use all of our strength to fight it and resist it. So I gave you that analogy yesterday about the most beautiful wood, the most expensive, the most revered wood used to make furniture, cabinetry, are taken from the trees that endured the most strain in their life. Because it makes 
the wood so deep with so much intricacy in it. So I want you to think about this saying again that I gave you yesterday, and that was every loss has a gain and every gain has a loss. There's never just a gain and there's never just a loss. God makes sure of that. See, he lost his son, but he had great gain. So think about what's changing in your, in your life. What are the losses that are coming with the change? But what are you gaining? And it may be a very esoteric gain. It may not be something substantial that you can really put your finger on. You may come to find that the change was really wonderful and positive, but it may not be something you understand until a year later or two years or five years later. This is why whenever we are working through change, initiating a change, having to deal with a change, we always want to practice trust and that we trust our Heavenly Father. He knew it was coming. Nothing shocks him. So we can trust that he has already made provision for whatever is coming, whether it's good or bad. He's already been there and he's going to walk you right through it. So there's three types of change that we endure. And the first one is the change we generate, such as changing a job, ending a relationship, deciding to go back to school, losing weight, buying a house. See, these are the changes that we initiate. The second change is the one that's unavoidable. The one that's unavoidable is those things like your children are growing up, you're aging, time keeps going. These are ones that we can't avoid. There's nothing that, that, that we can do about it. This is puberty, the changing of the seasons. And so these are, these are predictable, but they're not unavoidable. So these changes that are predictable, we know they're coming. We know that menopause is coming. We know that children are going to move out of our house, or at least probably they should, right? We know that pets we have are, are going to die. We can predict that change will happen at some point. We may not know exactly when it's going to happen. But the change that is thrust upon us, this is the most difficult change that we have to endure, that we incur. That's the change that came out of left field. We really had no idea it was coming. We're shocked. We're surprised. It may be good. It may be that you've been hoping to get pregnant. You've been trying and trying and trying. You finally gave up, and all of a sudden, you found out you were. So now you have to rush around and make a whole bunch of changes to accommodate that. Maybe the change that was thrust upon you is you were served with divorce papers or you found out your spouse was unfaithful to you and you never in your wildest dreams ever thought that would happen to you. Maybe the change that was thrust upon you was a disease. You went to the doctor, you thought you just had the flu and you find out, I don't know, you had leukemia. These things happen to people. What, what if you lose someone unexpectedly? 
in a car in a car accident. These types of things that are thrust upon us require the most trust initially with God. All the other types of changes require ongoing trust. So all these three types of changes, whether unexpected, generated by ourselves, predictable, or thrust upon us, can be either positive or negative, with both having loss as well as gain, if we are willing to let that be. This is one of God's promises, that he will always help us, he will be with us, he will never leave us, and he has good things for us. So sometimes losses are necessary and painful, but they are positive. Think about the story of the caterpillar. Caterpillars are pretty cool things. But there's a part of him that is natural that knows there's more for him. So he creates a cocoon. He stays in that cocoon for a while. And then he's ready to get out of that cocoon. And so even though this is wonderful, it's a huge change. He has to fight and fight and fight to get out. Once he's out, even though he's not a caterpillar anymore, with all the good things that came with that, he now gets to fly. And there's been great studies about caterpillars, and I'm sure you're familiar with a very famous story of the gentleman that found a chrysalis. He sees it. He watches it. It starts to break open. He sees the moth trying to get out of it goes on for days and he finally can't take it so he goes I'll just help there's just this one little thread getting in the way of this little moth getting out besides the fact he didn't want it to die within the cocoon see he didn't trust God's process so he snipped that little fiber the moth pops out with these very blunted wings and the wings never become the size and expand to the size they need to be in order for that moth to fly. And the moth died. What a horrible lesson for this gentleman that he had to learn that we need to trust God in the changing process. And if we get in the way of it and we try to make it easier on ourselves, we many times miss out on what he inevitably had for the outcome of that change. We need to trust this process. So some losses are really painful, necessary, but very positive. We also have unpredictable things. Think about the, the one that, that you really never anticipated. The change that's thrust upon you, lottery winners. Think about winning the lottery. We always dream, we all dream of that. We think we're going to be the the people that won the lottery that didn't let it mess up and corrupt their life. We're sure we're going to be that person. But that change thrust upon a person that is not prepared for that, has no skills for that, doesn't even know how to live any other way than being impoverished. The majority, over 90% of lottery winners, are worse off, far more in debt than they ever were one year later from winning the lottery.
And worse off, here's the thing. Almost all of those people lost every relationship they had. So think about the positive or negative change that results in negative outcomes. So if we have a negative, what we would say a negative change, coming out of it better has everything to do with the following. I have good coping skills. I learn to manage stress. I don't rely on maladaptive coping skills or defense mechanisms like walling off, not willing to deal with my emotions, not taking care of myself, doing self-medicating behaviors, depending on myself more than I depend on God. One of the things that really causes a positive change to become negative is if I won't go through the grief and loss process. And the grief and loss process means that I have to deal with the losses that came with the gain. And many times, when change comes, even if it's positive or negative, it's the fear itself, it's the pain itself that can cause that particular change to be overly complicated and more problematic. It's the issue of pain. The fear of that change, even if it's good. And the pain that might come with it, which can be good pain. I mean, if you've ever, if you've ever had, um, you know, got into, some, into working out, you know the pain of those muscles that you're straining. But the outcome is great. The pain of going through school disciplining yourself enough to get to that graduation date. It's painful. If I'm unwilling to feel that pain, whatever change has come will be more destructive to me, even if it's a positive one. If I'm not prepared to have that child, then the pain of childbirth, the pain of raising a child, the pain of of having to provide will end up harming me and most likely that child. So we want to recognize once a, pain, once a change occurs, whether it was one we initiated, one that was unavoidable, we know it's coming, or one that was thrust upon us, we have to make sure, wow, what do I need in order to really maneuver through this change so that it ends up being positive for myself and for others. So that I don't have to go back the, around the mountain one more time. What do I need to do? Do I need to get some support? Do I need to see a therapist? Do I need to get a coach, a mentor? Do I need to find a trusted friend I'm honest with? Do I need to do some research about what this change that's happening, what will incur, what I'm looking at? what I need to anticipate, what things I may need to introduce into my life to help me through that change, whether it be a change in my schedule, whether it be a change in the way we do our finances, whether it be how I take care of myself physically so I can manage the change. How about spiritually? Do we ask God? Are you asking God? Hey, how do you want me to handle this change? 
What do you want me to do with it? Who do you want me to include? What are you asking of me, God? How can I let you help me through this change? How can I make sure I don't get in the way of what you're trying to do? Help me with my faith. Help me with my trust. Help this change, whether it's positive or negative, cause my relationship to, with you to be stronger. So what we see is that managing and effectively coping with the loss or the gain of that change is where growth really happens. And this is the kind of growth that produces depth, character, wisdom, substance, maturity. This stuff makes you a safer person, a more trustworthy person, a more godly person. So we really want to understand what's happening to us through these changes. And I want, to, I want to take a minute, well, probably more than a minute, if I'm honest with you. And we're going to talk more about this as well tomorrow. What, what are what we call defense mechanisms? What might you see happening when a change occurs? And the first one that we see oftentimes is avoidance. And this is a pattern. This, is, this becomes a pattern. It's a withdrawing from maybe social interaction. It may be withdrawing from information. It may be withdrawing from the idea of the change. It may be trying to get into then other control issues. It may be that you remove yourself from something that's too overwhelming, too, even if it's good, too exciting. You just say, I, I just can't, I can't do this. I got to stay home. I'm going to pretend like it's not happening. Things like avoiding talking about it, avoiding getting the help that you may need or the support that you may need, avoiding maybe the embarrassment that you don't know how to handle it and you don't know what to do about it. Maybe, maybe it's a negative change, it's a mistake you made and you want to avoid having anybody know about it so you're going to figure it out all on your own. So you're going to avoid anything that has to do with you really letting people into your life to help. So avoidance can be very overt and can be covert. If I have to make a change in a, in a primary relationship, maybe I have to confront something. Maybe something in the relationship really needs to change and I'm initiating a change. Well, maybe I start to avoid that person because it's so much in the forefront of my mind that I can't be normal around the person I need to initiate the change with, so I avoid them until I'm ready to talk to them about it. This type of stuff really complicates things. A healthier way to do that, if you need to initiate a big change in a primary relationship, you just simply tell the person, there's some stuff i got to talk to you about, but I'm putting it together. And I need some time, so I'm going to be kind of weird for a while. But trust me, it's going to be good for us. I love you, and I got an idea, and I got to think about it. So join me tomorrow, because we're kind of at the end of our hour, which a half hour, which goes so quickly, as we talk more about what might you do to avoid changes? What might be some other defense mechanisms like control, manipulation, maybe get aggressive? Maybe you overthink it. Maybe you numb out. So join me tomorrow as we talk about this real dilemma, this issue of change, and how do we do it well 
And how do we let God do his outcome and let it be positive? God bless you. Have a great day. Check out the website. Thanks, Jeremy, so much for your help. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.